0: President Joe Biden has come out and said there will be food shortages right here in the United States. Editor, let's cut to the clip. With regard to food shortage, yes, we did talk about food shortages. And uh, and it's going to be real. The, The price of these sanctions is not just imposed upon Russia. It's imposed upon an awful lot of countries as well, including European countries and our country as well. So the question that you have to ask yourself right now is will you still be able to feed your family moving forward into the future? How bad is this problem going to get? I'm gonna answer this question for you in three simple, fast steps. Step number one, let's go over how high prices are right now. And maybe more importantly, how high they can go in the future. We're gonna start with the chart going back to 2013 to today's date. On the left, we've got percentages going from minus two up to 8%. This is the rate of US food inflation as measured by the government. I always say that because you know the real rate is going to be much higher. But going back to 2013 is about 4%, kind of goes up down. We actually get food deflation In 2016, 2017, then it goes back up. It really spikes during the Cervasus sickness, going from about 4% to 6% in a very short time frame. It comes down a little bit, but then in 2021 and moving into 22, it skyrockets to a point now where it's over 8%. And keep in mind, we haven't begun to even feel the impact from Russia and Ukraine yet. More on that throughout the rest of this video. But editor, let's throw up another chart going back to 1947, and we can see that during this year, inflation, food price inflation, got up over 35%. So my point is, we are higher than 8% now, we are definitely going higher, but there's precedence in the United States for food prices to be increasing at a rate of over 35% per year. So we know it can go extremely high right here in the United States. So how high will it go? And will we get to a point where there are actually shortages where you can't get food at any price? To really get our heads around the problem, we've got to dive into the supply side of the food issue. Joe Biden is saying there are going to be food shortages, but we have to figure out why these food shortages are occurring or will occur in the future to predict how bad they're going to get. And then we also have to think through what the government's response will be if we do see food shortages here in the United States. We're gonna be diving into these topics throughout the rest of this video. Step number two. Now let's go over the supply chain problems that we're currently having and that will most likely get worse in the future that will create these food shortages, therefore higher prices. It's pretty simple. Starts with the three farmers I always use in my whiteboard videos. One guy grows cows, wheat, and corn. In order to grow this stuff, they of course have input costs. So if those input costs go up, or if the availability of the stuff they need goes down, then they're going to charge higher prices to the store which is gonna charge higher prices to you when you go in there to buy food. That's how we can get a chart of food prices that goes from 8%, possibly up to 35% or higher. I know most of you right about now are saying, yeah, George, that's pretty basic stuff. I didn't need a whiteboard video (laughs) in order to figure that one out. Now, this may seem very simple, but once you scratch beneath the surface, It gets incredibly complex. Editor, let's cut to the internet. My good friend Doomberg wrote an incredible piece that we discussed last night on our interview called Farmers on the Brink. And I had a follower on Twitter that was nice enough to take the details of Doomberg's article and turn it into a diagram or kind of a flow chart. So I want to give that person credit and thank them for going to the trouble to creating this diagram that helps us understand what's going on far better. This person's handle is at dharma trade. So at d h a r m a t r a d e at dharma trade. Thank you very much for this and taking the time out of your schedule to create this diagram and flowchart. I really appreciate it. So let's dive right into this. In the middle, we have the farmers that are on the brink and all of these input costs that we oversimplified earlier (laughs) on the whiteboard. Let's start in the upper right-hand corner with these blue lines. These are basically all of the inputs, the fertilizer inputs, that the farmers need, I believe, twice a year to grow crops. It starts with nitrogen, then it goes to potassium and Phosphorus. These are the big three that go into their fertilizers, but it doesn't stop there. It also includes phosphate, potash, which is kind of a derivative, I believe, of potassium, and then it goes into the suppliers of potash and phosphate because there are issues there behind the scenes. So with phosphate, China halted exports last fall. Now, did they know that this was going to happen, this invasion of Ukraine? Possibly. And that's why they halted exports, because they knew there would be shortages. Therefore, they wanted to keep everything they were producing for their domestic supply. But it goes several steps further. When we move down to Potash, we can see that two of the main suppliers are Belarus and Russia. Now, Russia is really controlling what Belarus does right now. Belarus is the third largest supplier. Russia, the second largest supplier. I did a whiteboard video on this just the other day. They make up about 40% of the market. So think about that. 40% of the potash that these farmers need to grow their crops comes from a source that could be immediately cut off. And at the very least, the supply will be reduced. But they also use ammonia for their fertilizer. Now, the price here, Doonberg mentions, has tripled over the past 12 months due to all the other supply chain issues we've been having. And this ammonia is derived from glyphosate, which we'll get into in just a moment, another thing where the farmers are having a very hard time sourcing. Moving down into the fuel supply, or the energy supply needed for these farmers, we've got natural gas, we've got hydrogen and diesel. So you guys know what's happening with the natural gas space. The prices there have gone vertical outside of the United States. Now hydrogen is also in short supply, as is diesel. Why has the supply of diesel gone down? Because the demand for diesel has increased at an insane rate throughout 2021. And the output is reduced because of gas prices going up and there being a shortage of the supply of things like oil. Now let's move over to the green lines in the upper left. We talked about glyphosate earlier. This is a herbicide that is needed to get rid of the weeds so they can produce a higher yield with their crop. And uh, you say, well, that might not be a big deal. Well, that's a really big deal because they have to produce at an incredibly high level per acre of land in order to feed the global population as it is right now. If there's any disruption to that, that's when you see the supply shortages, the much higher prices. So really thinking this through, you've got the shortages of this herbicide, which makes the prices soar. Because the price of this particular herbicide goes up, that makes all the other herbicide prices go up as well. But unfortunately for these farmers on the brink, it gets worse. The tractors they use are vulnerable to the chip shortages that we see all over the world for producing cars. So just like you need those chips for the cars, and just like we've heard Ford say, they're not producing as many trucks because they simply don't have these little teeny parts that they need. It's the exact same thing for tractors. In fact, if you read Doomberg's article, he gives a fantastic example of this farmer that has a $250,000 tractor, but he can't get a $40 chip for this tractor. Therefore, it turns into basically a paperweight. It's completely unusable. So because of this chip shortage that we've all heard about in the news, the farmers have a shortage of farm equipment that they need to grow the food that you need or you buy at the grocery store. But it's also the labor shortage. We've heard about this as well, constantly in the news. Well, this is affecting farmers as well. They simply can't get the workers to produce the supply of food needed. Now let's go down to the lower left in the yellow lines. There's also a shortage of propane. Now, farmers need this for a couple different reasons. A lot of the farmers in the United States, as an example, are so far out in the middle of nowhere, let's say, they don't have access to these lines of natural gas. Therefore, they've got to use propane for a lot of their energy. But they also use propane to dry the grain once it's been harvested. This is a very important part of the process. So, if you have progressive politicians and environmental groups decreasing the amount of propane that we have access to or the supply, therefore the supply goes down, which means another one of their input costs goes up. So, when you look at the detail behind the problems we're facing, you can see why the probabilities are extremely high that we will see food shortages right here in the United States, and at the very least, much, much higher prices. As Dunberg points out in his article very well, this is a perfect storm for global food supply. Step number three. So we discussed how food prices have gone up in the past and how they'll most likely go up further in the future and how this was created by government distortions and how this whole problem is extremely, extremely, complex. But now let's go over what the government's response and the central planners, I say that because the central bank, the Fed, the ECB, what their response will be to this problem and if it will solve the problem or make it worse. So we go to this little diagram here I've got in the middle. We go back to our friend, the farmer, I always call him Farmer Fred, So access to the inputs that Farmer Fred needs is going down. This is a result of sanctions, Russia-Ukraine, and government distortions, government economic distortions that we have seen throughout 2020 and 2021. It's not because of the Cervasus sickness. It was the government's response to the of sickness. That's why we see such incredible inflation today, labor shortages, and these supply chain disruptions that are now being exacerbated by what's happening with Russia and Ukraine. So Farmer Fred can't produce enough stuff. I just gave you a quick visual here. Let's just pretend that this is a representation of society, and they need this much stuff. Well, if Farmer Fred can only produce this much stuff, then we're going to see a price chart (laughs) like we saw in step number one, where the food prices are going parabolic. So what is your drunk, insolvent Uncle Sam going to do? The thing that he always does, and that's gonna be print money. We'll go ahead and use that term loosely for the sake of this video. So the government is gonna print all this money and make it rain on society because your drunk, insolvent Uncle Sam wants to buy your vote. So he says, of course, well, the problem, or the solution to higher prices is just to give people more money, right? That'll solve the problem or at least it'll get them to vote for me. And as most of you know, who are watching this video, that will make the problem much, much worse. Let's go through this. Many governments have been talking about sending out stimmy checks for gas. I think they'll do the exact same thing for food. And what happens when there's more currency units Chasing the same amount or a lesser amount of goods and services, price goes up. So, this will add fuel to the fire. Then, what do they do? I think they come out with price controls. So, we saw what happened when we had price controls in the 1970s. We all remember, or those of us who were alive back then, remember how you would have to wait in line for three, four hours just to get gas to put in your car. I think. If they implement these price controls, you could see gas lines, like we saw in the 1970s, not just at gas stations in 2022, but maybe even at the grocery store. Unfortunately, the story doesn't end there. It could get much, much worse. If you've studied history, you know that when people can't afford to put a roof over their head or food on the table, you get extreme amounts of social unrest. And you combine that with how much psychological stress people have been under over the last two years in the form of mass formation psychosis, the lockdowns because of the service sickness or the government's response to the service sickness, and this divisiveness that we're seeing because of the mainstream media and our use of social media platforms. Their algorithms are designed to make us hate each other and fight. Then when you introduce higher and higher food prices and potentially food shortages, that's when this powder keg of social unrest could explode. The bottom line is the problem of higher food prices isn't a result of a lack of money. It's a result of a lack of stuff. And if the only thing the government does is just print more money, and they don't do things to increase the amount of stuff that the farmers can produce, you should definitely expect for Joe Biden's prophecy or prediction to come true. Food shortages, and, uh, and it's gonna be real. So going back to the original question, will you, the average Joe and Jane watching this video, be able to put food on the table in 2022 and 2023? For Americans watching this video, the answer is most likely yes. You will still be able to put food on the table. If you're outside of the United States, especially in a developing country, the probability is going to be significantly lower. But even if you're in the United States, or a rich Western country, and you're able to feed your family, it's going to be at a much, much higher price. For more content that'll help you build wealth and thrive in a world of of out-of-control central banks and big governments, check out this playlist right here, and I'll see you on the next video.